It was a week to forget for Birmingham City as a clinical Sunderland side tore us apart in South Shields. With Ellen White back in training, her return can't come soon enough. We are joined by a special guest to recap the game before turning our attention to the weekend and our first home game since November. Welcome everyone to another episode of the only dedicated Birmingham City Ladies podcast, Great Since 68. It is episode 15. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined as always by Chris Pugh. How have you been this week, Chris? Yeah, good, thank you, Craig. Yourself? Yeah, I've been not too bad, thank you. Also joining us this week is Sunderland Ladies fan Katie Hume, who was at the game along with Chris. I imagine your weekend has been a great deal better than ours, Katie. Yes, it has. It's nice to, nice to finally get a win again. Okay, we'll go straight into the game then. Ahead of the game, Chris, uh, in the, on the team sheet in particular, Paige Williams was on the bench. Was that a surprise to you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, she's been a, a big part of the team this season, uh, either left back or or left wing back. Um, so it was a little bit of a surprise to see her her not in that position. But Kerry's moved across and she's played that position before. So don't know whether Paige was carrying a knock or anything, but you know Kerry's was more than decent enough cover at left back. I thought. Yeah, she looked like she was trying to get down the wing as much as she could in the game. Um... Both teams seemed to press well early on, but uh, the goal seemed to rock the Blues. Uh, it was Bruneberg with the first goal for Sunderland. It was a great strike from outside the area. Katie, what did you think of the goal? She did one similar against um, Aston Villa in the County Cup. Um, and that was that was her first goal for the club, the goal against Birmingham being our first in the WSL. But yeah, I think, you know, uh, she hit it well and I think it was a very good goal. Chris, what did you think? It was I, I thought it was a really good strike myself. From a defensive point of view, you want to clear the set piece a little bit better than we did. But, you know, full credit to, to the girl. As soon as it's dropped to her, she's taken a touch and got a good slice on it. And, and the ball's moved away from Hampton and, and ended up in the back of the net. So, yeah, it was a really good goal. Um, and like you say, from that point on, Sunderland's confidence went went through the roof and, and they really took a stranglehold on the game. Yeah, as you say, they, they took took control of the game. Uh Hayley Sharp got the second goal for Sunderland. It uh, fell kindly off uh, Megan Sargent, who uh, was unable to clear the ball. And it was uh, another well-struck shot, Katie. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I think Birmingham really should have done better on, on clearing the corner. But Sharpie hit it well and, you know, got a 2-0. So she tends to get a goal um, every year. So I think just just started off early this year. Sunderland added to injury uh, deep into the stoppage time with uh, Joyce getting a goal. The substitute came on for the uh, third goal. At that point, it looked like uh, Birmingham were a bit uh, caught unawares, Chris. They just, they seemed like all the energy was taken out of them and the third goal just compounded the day, didn't it? Yeah, I think the third goal, you, you have to give credit to, to Sunderland and, you know, and, and testament to, to their attitude and, and their endeavour that, you know, even though the game was won at 2-0, really, you know, we, like you say, I think we were on the floor a little bit. Um, but but Joyce chased it down, you know, and, and she's out-muscled Jess Carter, which which not many people will do this season. Um, you know, and, and, and she's kept the ball in and taken a touch and drilled it low into the back of the net. Um, so, again, full credit to Sunderland and Joyce for, for keeping going until the last minute. And going back to the second goal, obviously, Katie said, from a defensive point of view, Blues will be disappointed not to have made a better effort at clearing the set piece. Um, you know, it's bounced off Sergeant, and, and and to be fair to Sharp, she's got it on target, and and that's all you can ask to do. And it's ended up in the back of the net. The final goal, Katie, obviously from Joyce, it shows the depth that Sunderland have this season that they can get someone like that off the bench and make an impact. 
Yeah, um, Joyce has been with her for a good few years now. Um, and apparently she does stuff like that in training all of the time. But she's never really done it in a match because I think she's just been lacking confidence. But I think against Birmingham, she's, you know, had the confidence to go on and she's got the result from it. So I'm I'm really happy for her because hopefully she's a player who can now push on and do do better in the future. And what were your thoughts uh, of, of the game overall, Katie? What did you think of the game for Sunderland? I expected a lot more of Birmingham. You know, the last home result, we got absolutely smashed and, you know, lost 7-1. But obviously in the spring series, getting a nil-nil draw, I was quite confident going into the game. Um, I think Sunderland have been doing well. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't give up after we let the one nil. We didn't sit back. We went for more goals, and I think that that was very important for us because um, in the season we've kind of sat back and just kind of accepted and hoped for a, a win. But yeah, I'm glad that we pushed forward. With that result, Katie, uh, Sunderland are now up to fifth place. Given all the trials that the club's been through, going back down to being a part-time club earlier this year, we talked about this in our preview. It looks like um, Sunderland have really done well to match the top teams uh, this season, especially like in the cup. You've you topped the table in the Conti Cup. Um, it was it's been really impressive to see how well Sunderland have done, um, similar to how Birmingham have done in, in like recent years. Yeah, I think when we went part-time, I think everybody wrote us off and said, okay, they'll they'll finish bottom. But um, if there's one thing I've learned following Sunderland over the last few years is don't give up on them because those girls are willing to fight for everyone on the team. It's such a family in the team. Even though we've lost so many players over the last year, um, the players who are at the club now like really want to be there. And I think that that's been an important in going forward. We've changed our manager before the spring series. Mel stepping up to be head coach instead of assistant and we've got Victoria Greenwell back um, and I think that they've made such a difference in the club because there's an actual belief in there now um, I think with Carlton um, in the end of the 2016 season I think uh, we were kind of slipping and were very easy to give up and I think that showed in the 7-1 defeat but um, no I'm, I'm glad because I think you know if we can prove people wrong and prove the FA wrong I think that's what's in, important yeah, I would agree. You've obviously done really well. And obviously having a former Sunderland player in charge, as Mel Copeland is, must be easy to energise the players to play because she can relate to how she's played for them in the past and how she expects them to play for in the future. One of the things with Sunderland is we've always had people who've grown up. And I think in the North East football, you know, you're either, you either support Newcastle or Sunderland. There's only really two teams up in the North East and everybody is so passionate on it. But like on a different level like if you look at the men's team you know still getting over 20,000 even though they're absolutely rubbish I think that the passion's completely different up in the northeast so when you've got a lot of home girls like Lucy Staniforth choosing to come back after the 2015 season I think that's been you know major I think the passion up in the northeast is helping us I completely agree. As you mentioned, uh, Sandy Forth there, she, I thought she had a really good game. She had a few um, moments where she was cutting apart Birmingham's midfield. And what did you think, Chris? I mentioned her as 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 one to watch. You know, t- technically on the ball as a very gifted player last week, and and she showed that. You know, she's she's got confidence on the ball. She's you know technically very gifted, and and like you say, a, a couple of times, you know, one two touches, and and she broke through our midfield with ease, really. Um, Katie's points are, are, are spot on, and I think you, know, you have to credit Sunderland. It, it could have been easy, you know, as as a group to the way they've been treated by the FA and and the men's team. Um, you know, it could be very easy to just say, well, you know, <laughs> nobody's with us, so 
so what's the point as such? But you know, they've they've turned it around and 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 credit to the manager. I think I think they've developed a bit of um uh, an us versus them situation where where they you know Katie said they're going to fight and scrap for for every single point. And and the one thing that surprised me um and you know and impressed me was like Katie said again was when it went one nil. I thought. They'll, they'll probably just sit back and and take this now and try and hold on, but they got better and better as as the half wore on, and and, and you know the, they got their three goals in the end, which, which showed how how the confidence oozed through the side, and and they got more confident and more determined as the game went on. Yeah, absolutely, and I think uh, given that they haven't got uh, Stephanie Roach back yet, they've still got more to come. What do you think, Katie? Is she is she that far away from coming back? Do you think? Um, I don't think she's that far off coming back, but um, as for not having anybody up front, I think um, we've looked at where development players and we've got a player coming through the ranks called Bridget Galloway. She started um, and she's been playing, she's been starting our last few games. She's managed to get goals against Arsenal and Liverpool and she's been just class for us. Um, I don't really like comparing players, but when she makes a run, I kind of get that same feeling that I had when we used to see Beth Mead run. She's near enough guaranteed a goal. Um, I'm quite surprised she had a quiet game against Birmingham, actually, because she's been she's been class for us. She's definitely one to watch in the future. As a massive fan of Beth Mead, I can relate to how uh, great watching the uh, goals tally of her in like previous years for Sunderland. And if this new one's um, just as good, then I'm looking forward to seeing how she progresses. I hope so, because uh, she's she's been trying really hard. Um, and she, like I said, she's been getting the goals, especially against big teams as well. I've been to Arsenal games for the last few few years and I think we've only scored one goal against them in about six games. So for Bridget to step up and get a goal against Arsenal, I think that's absolutely huge. Yeah, I would agree. Um, for the likes of uh, young players like her as well, like Bridget, as well as um, also Lauren Hemp, who scored that cracker against Arsenal earlier in the season. It's It's been a really good uh, start to the season for really uh, youngsters uh, throughout most of the teams, Chris. I don't think there's a better feeling, really, as, as a football fan than... You know, obviously, you can you can go out and buy the best players in in the world and win and win trophies. But actually, when when you see a girl who who has come through your ranks and you know is local to the area and actually you know cares deeply for the club and and to see them come through and succeed and 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 start the way, especially the way Galloway has for Sunderland, you know, it, it means even more to the fans and. And they can connect with those those sorts of players, you know. And Sunderland is is that passionate area up in the northeast. You know, they've they've developed a hell of a lot of women's footballers over the last 10, 15 years that have gone on to on to massive things. And, and Galloway may well be another one of those. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to talk about the negatives of the game, Chris, for on a Birmingham perspective now. Unfortunately. Um, I feel bad doing this because because you know I, I don't want to take away anything away from Sunderland, but yeah. Absolutely, Sunderland played their played their hearts out, and they fully deserved the result. But there are things we need to work on as a club, I think, Chris. Rachel Williams had a really guilt-edged chance in, I think it was the first half. She was uh, put clean through after a defensive mistake from Sunderland. Uh, do you think she should have been better, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I think that was at one nil. Um, she puts that away, and and we get back to one one, and and it could be a different game then, you know. Maybe our confidence rises a little bit and Sunderland get a little bit nervous. But I think that's the frustration that Mark in particular is feeling at the moment. I mean, first half, I don't think neither side were, were particularly outstanding in the first half. I think it was it was pretty even going into the break. We had a 
decent spell of possession, but didn't really create any guilt edge chances. But then that guilt edge chance does come and, and Rachel, you know, you, you expect her to put that away. And, you know, I think Mark was saying it, in training, they've been putting those away for fun, um, you know, and then it comes to the game situation and, and we can't we can't capitalise. You know, Rachel Laws has made a, a couple of good saves. I think a volley from Charlie Wellings as well, where she made a decent save. You know, and, uh, and that's the frustration because goals do change games. And, and if you can get that goal, games can turn around pretty quickly. Um, and, and they didn't take that. Given that we haven't played a game since early December, Chris, it seems like the players were just off the pace a bit. Um, the passing game that we've been um, seeing in recent weeks, before the winter break, of course, it just wasn't there. And there was, it, there was individual errors from like Jess Carter, who doesn't usually have bad games, but she was giving the ball away and Megan almost um, played someone in for another, another goal. What did you think was the problem, Chris? Yeah, I, I think you possibly can look at the amount of times we've played a, a competitive fixture, but you know, a, a lot of teams will be the same. You know, nobody will have played in in two or three weeks because of I think the Continental Cup quarterfinals were the last competitive action. So obviously we, we weren't involved in those, but you know, even those were were three two or three weeks before this weekend's game. So um, yeah, possibly something to look at a little bit of rustiness, but. I think you're right. Just just generally, we we weren't on it at all. You know, the conceding two goals from set pieces that's that's so unlike us. Um, you know, you mentioned Jess Carter getting out muscled in the last minute. You know, that's that's so unlike her. Even even Hayley Ladd giving possession away a bit too cheaply in midfield, where she you know she keeps the ball for fun normally. So. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it was a, a disappointing evening, you know. But again, take nothing away from Sunderland. They, you know, as soon as that second half started, they they were on it and and they were fully deserved winners in the end. But we've got to sort it out on the training ground and 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 rectify it for this weekend. Absolutely, nothing taken away from Sunderland. Sunderland deserve winners, as as, as we've all pointed out. Moving on to the FA Cup now, and it was the fourth round draw for the FA Women's Cup this week. It took place on Monday and the WSL clubs, the Women's Super League, all entered for the first time. Birmingham will play Reading in the next round. Another trip to Adams Park, Chris. Do you expect it to be another feisty affair? I do, yeah. You know, obviously Reading away, it's it's quite a feisty battle. It's quite spicy. You know, the, the ex-Blues players that are at Reading now, it's it's quite a big contingent now. Last season and this season, it was a... There were quite spicy affairs as well, tackles flying in. So, um, yeah, I expect it to be very similar. You know, Reading have, have improved quite dramatically over the last couple of years uh, and they'll be wanting to push on. They've done well in the Continental Cup this season and I think they'll want to push on and, and do well in the FA Cup as well. Yeah, for moments in the game uh, this past weekend, they did they uh, matched Man City, but Man City always seemed to have a goal against them in that one. The FA Cup games will take place at the start of February. Another one which will be happening then will be Sunderland taking on either Derby County or Brighouse Town. That match between Derby County and Brighouse Town is taking place this Sunday. Uh, Katie, do you know much about either side? And given you're playing at home, I suspect you don't mind who you face in the next round. Yeah, um, I think going into the draw, you know, that's one of the one of the teams that you want to pull out is a is a WPL team. Um, so yeah, I think I'm feeling confident just coming off off a win as well. Um, I'm hoping that in that game we get to see a lot more of the 
the younger players, a few of the dev players, step up um, and give them a chance. Um, but yeah, I'm like I'm feeling confident about it. But I'm hoping hoping it's all year this year and that we actually get to Wembley. Indeed, uh, Katie. Given that um, Sunderland might not be uh, Sunderland in their uh, current guys next season, w- would you be open? I talked to a few fans in the past about this. Would you be um, open to like a deal with Newcastle and Sunderland as like a North East contingent, or would that not work for you? Um, I mean, on a personal level, um, say no, you know, Casey. Say yeah. no, Casey. <laughs> I've, I've been a I've been a Sunderland fan all of my life, um, so I've grown up absolutely hating Newcastle. So I think it would actually probably be quite difficult to support a team that uh, you know part Newcastle. We'll see how the future goes, and uh, I think I'll make me mind up when I when I know what's happening. Thank you for answering honestly, Katie. That was <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other highlights from the draw, Chris, or from you, Katie? For me, I think um, I, I put on Twitter the 16 fixtures, so there'll be 16 teams in the next round, and nine of them will be non-WSL1. Um, now, obviously, that's that's a real bonus for for those non-WSL1 teams, and it's a it's a massive chance for one of those to get to a, a quarter final, maybe even a semi final, if if the draw is kind to them. What you don't want in in the major domestic cup competition is is to get to you know a quarter final stage where Man City, Chelsea, and Arsenal have, have all avoided each other, um, and they get non WSL or even w, WPL teams, and you, you know you don't want 10, 12 nils in the quarter final of your, of your domestic trophy. But you know it's a, it's a massive chance for the likes of I, I think the, you know the, one of them was um, I think Millwall have got. Um, are on a decent run at the moment. I think they've got a, a non-WSL one side, and um, you know there's, there's a there's a few there's a, there's a real chance for for some WSL two and WPL teams to go quite far in the competition this year. Anything from you, Katie? Like Chris said, um, I think there's a lot of non-WSL one teams playing each other, so I, I would like to see some more WSL two teams, you know, go forward and hopefully get get the, the semi final or even the final. The Chelsea versus London Bees draw might be a good draw because that's proven to be a big draw in the past um, with London Bees kicking out Chelsea a few years ago. I think the Everton versus Bristol game should be a good game as well because um, I think that game was quite close at the weekend. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see how that one turns out. We'll have to wait and see when it happens in February. Uh, before we end the talk about the draw, I thought uh, the school hall full of students didn't come off exactly as uh, professional. Uh, do you think the FA should have done more to raise the profile of the draw, Katie? Yeah, I think they did. Um, I watched the draw and I was getting very annoyed about the kids um, cheering and screaming after every name was announced because I think it was quite hard to actually listen to what was happening. To actually have it streamed for once was quite nice, but I still think that there's a lot more that the FA could do. Given that the the FA Cup draw for the men's was later in the day, they could have easily hosted both of them at the same time and had the same professionalism with the same graphics for both of them. I, I think the the fact that you've only read the names out once and you didn't have any graphic to like relate to the numbers that were being drawn out, you had no idea if you missed your team's number, you had no idea what you were waiting out for in the draw. I'm, I'm certainly not adverse to, to having the draw you know, in a school in front of the kids because, you know, it's it's good exposure to, to women's football for children, you know, which, which which has to be good for the game. But, you know, that there has to be that, you know, if you're going to stream it live, you know, like Katie said, I was I was really straining to hear 
to hear the guy actually read out the, the name of, of the team that had been drawn. There's things you can improve, maybe. I mean, they had the big screen in the background behind them, you know, the projector. They could have possibly been putting the draw up as it was as it was read out on there so we could see, um, you know, as the balls were being drawn out. But um, finally, we've actually got to see one one drawn live, which has, has put to bed any uh, controversial thoughts. But. Yeah, at least the uh, Man City players didn't draw the numbers out, Chris, which I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. We'll move on to our preview shortly, but first I'd like to talk to you about Simply Cook. Simply Cook is a subscription-based recipe box that delivers you the spices and pastes to really bring out your creative side in the kitchen. Simply Cook has 76 fantastic recipe cards to choose from and you will receive four of them at a time. I personally use the service and have done so since May and have tried at least 48 of the recipes on offer. How does it work? You sign up, choose the recipes that you want to try and they deliver the spices and paste to your door. All you need then is to buy the fresh ingredients from the shop and you are away. Broaden your cooking today and try Simply Cook. Simply go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y, forward slash simply cook 68 that's bit.ly forward slash simply cook 68 sign up and you will have your first box half price help support the show today and try this great service today moving on now to the predictions for the weekend uh katie do you want to start sunderland have man city that's obviously going to be a tough task for the team i think it will be um i think obviously coming off the confidence from the birmingham game i'm hoping that we can maybe steal a draw um, we've been very hit and miss this season. There's some games where we've been defensively solid, for example, Redden and Birmingham. But I think there's there's some games where we've just haven't showed up. Um, the Everton game when we lost 5-1, I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in a Sunderland team. But yeah, I'm hoping that we can get a, at least a draw. I'm hoping that Man City got all of their goals out at the weekend, but um, somehow I, I doubt that. But yeah, I'm hoping that the girls can just put in a really good result, um, just put a shift in and, you know, work the hardest and we could steal something. Yeah, I mean, with the likes that Man City have got and they've obviously brought in Nadia Nadim recently and she's obviously set the world alight already, scoring in the opening, I think it was about 15 minutes she scored. But um, yeah, it's going to be a tough for Sunderland, as, as you say, but you're confident now, You can things are possible and you don't know what's going to happen, Chris. Yeah, you know, obviously there's... There's plenty to concern yourselves about in Man City's squad, but you know w- when you know that you're you're not as good technically as your opponent, you know you've you've just got to work your socks off and uh, and fight for everything. And you know if, if you lose, make sure you go you go down fighting and actually give an effort. Then then you can come out with it with a little bit of credit. City can blow teams away, and and Chelsea are the same. They can blow teams away e- even if teams are playing at their best of their ability. So. Um, yeah, I'd like to see Sunderland go on and and get something. You know, the, the, the way they've been treated over the last few years by by the FA and and their own men's club as, you know, you, you have a little soft spot for them because you know the they've, they've gone through the mill of it, really. Any final thoughts on the game, Katie? You said that Nadim scored within um, the first. I think it was six minutes. Well, um, Simona Corinne, who's our, our number nine, scored within five minutes, so she actually did it quicker. So um, I'm hoping that she can maybe have a goal and uh, get some of the, the press instead of, you know, the big guns. I think City will struggle without Lucy Bronze. I'm hoping that we can pull out a better result than last time because last time was a 1-0 defeat and I think they scored in the 90th minute, so it was very, very disappointing. Yeah, I mean, the, the first time we played uh, Man City this season, we looked pretty good. And then the second time we got uh, soundly beaten, was it, Chris, in the, was it in the Cup? We were leading with about 15 minutes to go. 
uh, like Katie said, and, and that they, they stole it in the injury time against us in the league. Uh, but the cup, though, it was a pretty convincing 2 0. Yeah, I think you know, we had um, we had a few players rested for that one as. As as we didn't really stand a chance of qualifying uh, for the for the quarterfinals, but but yeah, like I said, on the on their day they can beat they can beat teams even when teams are playing at their best of their ability. But you know, from from Sunderland's perspective, all, all they can do is is go out there and play their best and hope hope City have a bit of an off day and and pick up a, a good result. And it's obviously a home game, Katie, so it's going to be hopefully a good atmosphere for the Sunderland fans. Obviously, we've changed grounds in the last year. The location of the ground now is split between the Newcastle and Sunderland. It's 50-50, really, um, who you support. So we've been struggling with the attendances this season, but I'm hoping that it can slowly start to grow. And um, I'm hoping that a few more of the South Shields fans can you know, start supporting the lasses. Hopefully so. Obviously, attendances are going to be a big issue next season when they've got the... Uh... Was it like a minimum requirement for teams in the WSL one, Chris? Mm, yeah, I think you have to have a, a, at least a thousand on average. I think, which um, you know, to be fair, I think teams are going to do well to, to get that. I think Chelsea had two and a half thousand this weekend against Arsenal. You know, a lot of places you go, it, there doesn't look like a thousand there. I think Sunderland's a difficult one as well. You know, purely because of the of the area, it's, it's absolutely freezing on Saturday. Um, you know, so I don't think that you know if you've got Saturday six o'clock games and in the winter, it, that that's certainly not going to help Sunderland's cause of trying to attract people to the games because it, it's really cold. Was it a warm one on Saturday, Katie, for you? Yeah, yeah, it was fine. I don't know what he's complaining oh, about. It was I thought it was bitter, warm. bitter. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll move on to the Bristol City uh, preview now. Um, Chris, do you think it's a bit too early for Ellen White to come back? I think so, yeah. I think she's back in training. It might be pushing it for the Bristol game. If she has a good week, we might be able to, if she's feeling okay, maybe put her on the bench um, and give her 20 minutes at the end. You'd be half tempted, for, for me, if I, if I was in Mark's situation, I'd be half tempted to name a very similar eleven. And, and tell them to go and rectify the the performance against Sunderland. You know, go and go and show that you are capable of, of a much better performance than that, and and put the onus back on the players. Then, yeah, I would agree. They've got a lot to uh, a lot to step up to. And uh, going back to Ellen White, it, she's been out for eight games now, out of the ten games we played this season. She last played against Everton in our second game of the season. You don't want to rush her back, given that how important she is to us going into next season and stuff you don't want a massive uh, career threatener injury or anything for the sake of just coming back for a game this early on Chris no of course and and I think her injury was caused by the workload that she was that she was having with England and Blues as as disappointing as it is to, to not pick up wins and not score goals you know this season through no fault of our own by by the FA's virtue again is is a bit of a write off it's a chance for for mark to have a look at the players and and give other players a go and see what he needs to do in the summer when it actually counts next season the last thing you want is, is rushing Ellen back and she's out for another six months and she misses the start of next season another one who could be back is Abby Lee Strenger she's been out for a while with glandular fever she could make a return and i think She's been much needed in that midfield, especially you could tell against Sunderland we didn't have that person who could take control of the midfield, you think? Played a lot of games this season, built up a, a partnership alongside Hayley Ladd and, and, and she's one that when she gets the ball, she again, she's one that keeps it and, and tries to get us moving a little bit quicker, um, which we didn't have against Sunderland. 
it's a funny one. I think players are automatically a hell of a lot better when they're not in the team and, and your team's not doing well. They become world beaters and such and you're desperate for them to come back. But I think Abby has Abby has a big part to play in that midfield and, and you know as soon as she's back the better and, and the same for you know, people like Marissa Evers as well, you know, she's been out for for quite a while missing and you know, we we could do with everybody back really in, in, in full contention to, to, to get us moving up the table. Yeah, absolutely. Marissa was of course on the bench against Sunderland, um so she's making her way back. Jess Carter, Chris, do you think she'll start in the defence this time out this week or do you think she'll move back into the midfield? Uh, I, I think that's the one change I would like to make. She started her career at right back, and and you know she's played. She has played defence in the past. I think she's come on for England at right back as well. But I, I think I prefer her in central midfield. You know that she's a, she's a strong player. She's you know she's grown so much over the last couple of years. You know technically she's good on the ball, and and she's like I said, she's so strong that you know, you want that in the midfield really. Her fitness is excellent. She gets around the pitch. So I think I'd rather have her. In midfield, I think she's a little bit wasted at right back. If we can find a, a, a way to, to get her back in midfield, then then the better. I think the Blues are better for it. Another Blue player who's currently on loan, this is Sophie Bagley. She, of course, can't play against us this weekend for Bristol. Uh, she will be replaced by either Caitlin Leach or Amy Watson. One is 21, that's Leach, and Amy Watson's only 17. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the growing trend of young keepers getting their chance in the Women's Super League? Uh, the likes of Hannah Hampton and Ellie Roebuck? Obviously, Hannah's come in because of of, of the burger situation, um, you know, and, and we want Sophie to stay at Bristol and, and play football. So Hannah's been given her a chance. You know, Karen Barsley's been injured at, at stages this season, which has given Ellie Roebuck a chance at Man City. Caitlin Leach is probably going, I think it'll be Leach, will we'll play against us on, on Sunday. So, yeah, that you know, there's, there's young keepers who are coming in and, We've got a good group of, of keepers in England. You know, the Sunderland, Rachel Laws, the Sunderland keeper, you know, very rarely in, involved with England squads, but she showed on Saturday what a good goalkeeper she is as well. And that this season's showing that the younger bunch are coming through as well and, and are, are more than good enough to step up. As for the the younger players coming through, I think it's absolutely brilliant um, when you see, you know, younger talent coming through. Um, I think, especially with the England manager, I'm hoping that it's kind of time to to move on from the the older players and you know give the youth a chance. Um, I think there's a lot of young talent coming through. You know, I'd be surprised if some younger players like Jess Carter, like Beth Mead, aren't given chances in the England squad uh, because I think I'd like to see that, and I think a lot of people would like to see a few more younger players in the England squad. You've got so much, uh, we've, we've talked about this briefly uh, a while back, but um, there's a lot of attacking talent currently on show in England who could potentially play for England one day. You've got you've got the ones like the Beth Meads and Mel Lawley and stuff, and then you've got uh, Lauren Hemp, of course, at Bristol City. She's only 17, and she's got three goals in six games this season so far, Chris. She looks like one for the future, doesn't she? She does. She, she, she looks an excellent uh, proposition. The biggest credit you could give to her is that she's Bristol's main threat, you know, on... On Sunday, I think our plan to stop them is to, is going to be to stop Hemp. For a 17-year-old to to be the main threat of of, of a WSL one team shows what a what an exciting player she is, and she scored really good goals as well. Scored a a really good goal at Arsenal earlier on in the season. You know, like Katie said, I think as, as fans we go in week in week out and see these teams, and we see a hell of a lot of good 
young players that that we believe are more than capable of getting into England squads. You know, and and with a new England manager due to, you know, hopefully soon due to be announced if we can find anybody. Um, you know, that hopefully that these young players will be given more of a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Katie, uh, as our guest on the show, we'll do the predictions for the Man City game as well, seeing as you're here. Okay. Uh, what did you think the score is going to be in the Sunderland game? Sunderland game, oh, I'm hoping for a, a nil-nil. Um, but I think more realistically, I think it's probably going to be maybe 2-0, two, 3-0 two nil, nil City. Chris, how about you? What do you think about the Sunderland game? Well, as my predictions have been completely useless over the last few weeks, um, I think I'm going to brave it and hopefully uh, Katie will be even more happy next week uh, and I'll go 1-1. 1-1 for Chris and I'm going to go for a narrow 1-0 win to Man City. In terms of the Blues game, Chris, Birmingham versus Bristol City, which do you think the score is going to be? We'll start with you this time. The one thing that they'll be working on this week is is finishing, uh, but it also want to sort out that defending from set pieces as well. Um, I think I think we'll try and sharpen up on that at home. It's been a while since we've played at home, so I think we'll want to put in a performance. I'd like to think we can keep a clean sheet, uh, and I will go two nil Blues. Chris is going to go for two nil. Do you know what the score you uh, predicted for the game that got postponed, Chris? I don't actually know. I can't. You went for that. you went for, you went for three one. Did I? Oh, okay. You've improved since then. We've we've yeah, got a clean sheet now. We're going to tighten up, but we won't score that third one because we won't need to. Yeah, that's. I'm going to go for the Chris special this week. 2-1, two, 2 Blues. <laughs> and how about you, Katie? What do you think the score's going to be between Birmingham um, and Bristol? Yeah, I think that Birmingham should be working on the um, on the scoring going forward. Um, so I think that Birmingham will edge it maybe 2-0. I like Katie's optimism here. Yeah, you can come back on, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all for this week's show. Thanks to Chris and Katie for joining me. Thank you, Katie. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Before you leave us, would you like to tell our listeners how they can find you on the social media? Yeah, um, so my Twitter is at Katie Morello. Uh, Chris, how can they find you? Yeah, also on Twitter, uh, at AWCAIB. And it's also thanks to Jazar, who allowed us to use his music No Control in our intro music. You've been listening to Great Since 68 Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us so you can receive the show every week as soon as it comes out. Just search for Great Since 68 on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio and any other podcast platform you may use. If you prefer to listen through SoundCloud, be sure to give us a follow on there so you can get notified every week when the show comes out. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Great Since 68. Thanks for all everyone for listening and remember, keep right on.